CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, before we get into today's episode, I just want to take a moment to thank the people who have supported us on Patreon. Anthony Mackey, at Metal Dan. Fred Roots, James Bennett, Jason Seth, Jay Vaninsky, J.B. Allen, Gene Francoise Blyce, I'm butchering your name, dude, I'm sorry, Jans Jacobson, John Borvier, Borvoir, Michael Street, Mike Jones, Mr. David S. Gray, Ralph Petrie, Rick Bunch, Ron Keel, Sean Morgan, Steve Hoker, and Steve Saylor. Thank you to all you guys for what you do for Talking Metal and for the the Talking Rock podcast and for the videos we post on YouTube. You guys are our Patreon supporters, and uh, I can't thank you guys enough for donating every single month. It's, it's really quite amazing. And listen... I I bow down at your feet for this. So thanks, guys. All right, let's get into the episode. Here we go. Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal, and anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Let's get things started. Here's an old classic that sounds just as good today as it did when we were kids.
All right, we are going back on that one right there, right? That is Charlotte the Harlot by Iron Maiden. And it's not just Charlotte the Harlot. That is Charlotte the Harlot 88. So what happened was, obviously, that song was on the first Iron Maiden record with Paul Diano back in 1980. Steve Harris never liked the mix on that record. He was always unhappy with the production value of the album. And to this day, I seems like he still has issues with it. So... In 1988, eight years after the album came out, they re-recorded two, at least two, right? Two of those songs, which were B-sides on the single for The Evil That Men Do. Now, they re-recorded them with, obviously, Dennis Stratton wasn't on guitar anymore. It was Adrian Smith. Uh, Paul Diano wasn't on vocals anymore. It was uh, it was Bruce Dickinson, and they still had Steve Harris and and Dave, Dave of course, who Dave Murray, who did the bass and the second guitar parts on those two songs originally. They redid their parts, and uh, Nico on the the drums for that one. So yeah, so it was really quite a different lineup. Uh, on those two songs and quite a different sound. I I think I prefer the original, but I do enjoy hearing the the 88 re, uh, re-recording of Charlotte the Harlot, which was an interesting song. It was a Dave Murray song, a guy who didn't do a lot of songwriting with Maiden. You know, he did a few songs here and there. What he did Deja Vu um, off the top of my head, you know. But anyway, Charlotte the Harlot was the, the first part in the uh, the Charlotte the Harlot saga, if you will. They revisited the storyline on the number of the Beast album with 22 Acacia Avenue. And yeah, yeah. And you know, that first Maiden record didn't have Martin Birch be- behind the, uh, the board there doing the producing. So he actually does produce that version of the song we just we just heard, which again was one of the B-sides for the evil that men do. Iron Maiden, what a history. You know, that song, uh, the music for Charlotte came from a few riffs and melody lines that Dave Murray had glued together back in the late 70s. He put that song together and again appeared on the first album. And then again, it appeared as a B side re recorded in 1988, which is the version we just heard of Charlotte the Harlot, a classic Maiden song, which, man, can you imagine if they would pull that out live nowadays? I would go crazy, but uh, I suppose most people wouldn't because it's a little more obscure, right? But great tune, great tune. And I like hearing Bruce do it. You know, I love the Deano version maybe a little bit more, but it's fun to hear Bruce do it. All right, so we are kind of just rolling into the new year here. No interviews today, guys. I, I will start picking up the interviews again soon, but wanted to just play some music for you. We'll be all over the musical map as usual on Talking Metal. But right now, let's get into some Engve Malmsteen. This is Queen in Love.
little Angve here on Talking Metal. Always loved that song. Had that on uh, cassette back in the day. What was that album called? The Trilo- Trilogy or something? Yeah, Trilogy. Because I think it was his third album, right? It was Rising Force, Marching Out. I'm going off the top of my head, not Googling it. And I believe that song was off the Trilogy record, which I had on cassette. If my memory serves me correct, Engve was like battling a dragon with his Stratocaster on the on the cover of it. And on vocals on that one, Mark Bolez, Bolis, I don't know, something like that. And uh, Jan Johansson, not to be confused with our uh, Patreon supporter, at least I don't think it's the same guy, was on the keyboards on that one. So yeah, Mar- uh, Jeff Scott Soto was out of the band by that point and Engve uh, doing some different stuff. So yeah, good stuff, good stuff. And I, I was a fan of Marching Out. I, I liked, I think I liked Trilogy better than Marching Out. Um, and I loved the first Rising Force record, which only had a couple songs with with vocals on that record. Um, but that was a that was a great album too. So Engve, uh, Engve. I, I wish when you know whenever I've seen Engve in concert lately. He does so many like instrumental, like kind of classical things. I wish he'd get back to playing some more songs, go out with a vocalist and, and tour some of that stuff. That would be that would be great. I would love to see Engbe back on stage with a vocalist doing some songs like Queen is in Love. This is a little grunge here. You guys like grunge? I love grunge. I really was a big fan of all those 90s alternative grunge bands so good so good this is the band paw with the song jesse Yes, sir. 
a little paw on Talking Metal, some 90s era paw. I, I would think that that's the only era of paw that exists, although who knows, maybe they're still putting out records today. Couldn't tell you, but I loved I loved the uh, the albums that they had out back in the the early '90s. Always was surprised early to mid '90s, I guess. Always was, was surprised they didn't go bigger than they than they were because that was great. That was a great song, Jesse. I, I think it's about a dog or something. Uh, yeah, and let's keep the music going. This is Eagle Rock from 1991 by Motorhead. little motorhead here on talking metal i'm really enjoying just playing some tunes for you guys and hanging out chilling i hope your new year is off to a great start i'd love to sell you a talking metal t-shirt just hit up my paypal account it's uh, striegelmark at gmail.com 20 bucks 
Let me know your address and your shirt size. All shirt sizes are currently available. I'll send that out to you right away. And you can wear your Talking Metal t-shirt and uh, support us in more than one way. You're supporting us by buying a t-shirt. And you're also supporting us because other people are going to see that t-shirt and say, hey, what's Talking Metal? You can tell them it's a podcast and point them in the right direction which is uh, TalkingMetal.com, TalkingRock.net. The Talking Rock podcast is back, guys. Please subscribe to that on iTunes. It's a whole separate feed from this, and I do that show uh, You know, every couple weeks. We put out a new episode, and I really enjoy doing that, so please check that out. Talking Rock is my other podcast. And again, the site, TalkingRock.net. I think that's going to do it for today. Um, should we yeah, maybe close out with another Maiden song? How about that? Another B-side? Do another B-side by Maiden? How about, um, wow. Yeah, let's do, uh, let's do I Got the Fire by Iron Maiden here on Talking Metal. This was a song that they, they did numerous different versions of. There was like the Deano version of it, I believe, right? And then there was also the Bruce version of it. Yeah, I Got the Fire by... Iron Maiden. I want to say the Deano version was a live version. This was one of my favorite Montrose songs. I mean, everyone talks about that that one Montrose, whatever that first album. I, I love the Paper Money record by Montrose. Sammy Hagar and Ronnie Montrose just rip through that record. Such a good record, Paper Money by Montrose. Anyways, this is Maiden's cover of I've Got the Fire off, uh, you know, which was originally off that, that, um, Montrose record, Paper Money, which is a great record. You should go check it out. But this is the Maiden version of it, which was the B-side, the Flight of Icarus, back in uh, what, like 1983, right? Here we go. I've Got the Fire by Maiden to take us out. (laughs) 